Hi there, everyone. It's me, your favorite, and I mean favorite, host of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. That's right, it's me, Rip. And I am joined by... Everyone's other favorite host, Jumpy. Gotcha. My name's Jumpy, in your face. <laughs> Tricked you. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Everyone's always saying how we sound identical. That's true. Just kidding, we don't. All right. Even though we should, because we're both from like a similar background that we won't share, but whatever. <laughs> Canada. We are covering another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark today. That's right. We're getting real low on episodes. It's making me nervous. Excited and nervous, because I'm excited about the show we're going to move on to, but upset and nervous that we're getting out. Like we're running out of the show that inspired us to <laughs> podcast in the first place. Ugh. I'm going to miss it. Me too. There's nothing quite like it. I can't really like, let's just pick this other 90s. Class. Like we could do other ones that exist, but this is the quintessential one, the best. So like there's Fear Street we got to do because we haven't seen Fear Street. That seems bad in a good way and we got us there's are you afraid of the dark movies that's been coming out lately so we gotta see how to space those out yeah we'll see we'll see how they do doesn't hurt what about goosebumps so anyway we're (laughs) (laughs) somebody doesn't like goosebumps around i do i did it's that are book you afraid reviews. of the dark? Goosebump the book. Mm. I mean, we could knock those out real quick, right? No. You know how long it takes me to read a book? <laughs> With those big Days. ass letters. No, they're so <laughs> small. I could finish that in an hour. The, um, I don't know. This Are You Afraid of the Dark aged like wine to me. <laughs> Goosebumps aged like, like beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, Just say you don't like it. Damn. Like you know, if you if you drink a beer after it's been like in the fridge for like months, it tastes the same. You know what I mean? No, I don't. But I believe you. I believe you. I might. I only keep wine in my house. (laughs) Ooh. Wine and high noons. Nice. So yeah. So, but yeah, goosebumps. One, maybe one day. <laughs> uh, we'll think about it. If we get real nostalgic for the 90s again, we'll go for it. I did love Slappy. I have so many other things. Yeah. Slappy is cool. There's there's cool there's cool characters. It's just Goosebumps is not a watch episode episode show. It's like watch an episode, give it, give yourself a break, <laughs> and then keep going. Because they always end the same. They always end where it's like, just kidding. There's no way out of it. Which, as we know, and I've talked about, I always like when there's a way out of it. Mm-hmm. I hate when it's just, and it was futile from the beginning. So, because it's just like, why bother then? The cool part about horror is that you're creating a unique scenario, a unique storytelling device, but I need a story. If there's no way out of it, there's no real story. You're just watching torture. <laughs> and that's not fun for me. And like, I mean, the movie was good with Jack Black. I never watched that. That's good. Um, I like Jack Black. I need him to play Dr. Vink in the future. So <laughs> I'll watch that as a trial. <laughs> the uh, 
I don't know. It definitely Goosebumps was definitely aimed for kids. And as That's fine. So was this. The the intro song will always live forever in my heart. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Beware. You're in for a scare is iconic. We could, we could watch R.L. Stein's The Nightmare Room. Yeah. Okay. That one's cool. But we're here with Ari for the Dark. 26 episodes left, so we could just hear everybody tell one story per episode. But no, we have a two-parter. Tale That's of right. Cutter's Treasure. Season 4, Episode 1 and 2. Yes. The Tale of the Cutter's Treasure. And Jumpy and I decided not to split this into two parts. We're just going to do one go talking about both episodes because we love everybody here. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a fun, condensed breakdown with so many tangents that Rip loves. Love it. He loves when I go on tangents. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about tangents. Tangents are good. Tangents are good. Have you ever done tangents in school? And then we just keep going. <laughs> school sucks. Right, so, Tale of the Cutter's mm-hmm. Treasure. Mm-hmm. Now, we predicted, well, Jumbie was all over this idea that it was, since it was two parts, needed two people. and Just makes sense. I was just like, I'm not about it, but I talked myself into it. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? I was correct. And I'm happy. I wow. <laughs> I don't remember what I said. What did I say? You predicted Tucker and Frank because you thought it was going to mm. be like a tit for tat. Frank was going to say something and Tucker was going to come in and just try to piggyback and do something better. That would have been cool. But because they're rivals. You know? But this was better. This was better than anything I could have hoped for. Yes. Because we got... Frank and Gary telling a story. I like how they intro this. Me too. Do you have the exact words? Because I'm yes. going to just pre-preface it. Okay. So, He'll tell you the exact words, but I love how they intro this. So we have all the cast members from the season, which is Tucker, Sam, Kiki, Betty Ann, Gary, and Frank. But Gary is has them all. They're all standing up in a circle. And he goes one by one and tells them like the themes of their story, and we're something that Joby and I have been trying to guess for a while. But and they just gave us the answers. Yes. It was crazy, and it was crazy how right we were. And so he starts off with Tucker. He's like some. He said, "Well, he prefaces all of this that tonight's a special night. Normally, they meet around the campfire to tell us their tales. Each one of them has their very special brand of terror." Mm-hmm. Tucker. Tell a story of adventure. Well, he says some tell stories of adventure, but it, like it, it zooms in on Tucker's face. Like it couldn't be more obvious. Yeah. And then some tell us stories of macabre and grotesque. <laughs> and macabre, <laughs> grotesque, <laughs> horrifying, downright disturbing and stories. We, and we get Betty Ann. Betty Ann's cute smile. <laughs> and then and she's like, Teehee, I love blood. <laughs> And then some tell stories about real people trapped in unreal worlds. That's Kiki. I thought she was. He was talking about like himself, like for, like um, Gary for a second. 
and some tell stories of heroes searching for truth. Sam, right? Yep, that's Sam. What he doesn't tell us is himself and Frank. But he goes on to say, no two stories are alike because no two people are alike. And then Frank comes in and he says, that's why the two of us are telling a story together tonight. Everybody's shocked. Sam's like, are you kidding? Why? I was shocked. (laughs) I was like, no way are they getting these two titans to tell a story together. The only thing better would be a trio and they just pull Betty Ann up and they just get going and telling the (laughs) world's greatest story ever. Yes. With Zebo and Dr. Vink and all the other characters everyone loves. The carnival barker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Frank says... Oh, wait. Before you go on. The fan theory that the carnival barker is Dr. Vic. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. That'd be... (laughs) I mean, it could fit. He does a bunch of different jobs. He never really says his name. If it was a traveling carnival, like, I'd be down for that. For all we know, it is. It looks like a youth fair that Carney's put up and take down. <laughs> I'm down for it. I, I buy it. I think he's Zebo. But then <laughs> that would mean Betty Ann is like the person who invented Dr. Vink. Is that what you really want? I think that's what you want. Yes. Because <laughs> how is it that she describes the same character in appearance <laughs> tell me <laughs> dr rick has a huge ass beard and the carnival barker was fully shaved yeah people can't shave you're right you're right <laughs> glad i'm glad it's we impossible yes. yeah <laughs> so frank I, says, I better never shave <laughs> he's not gonna accept my phone calls anymore. <laughs> i don't you're know like, who you are you're i can right. hear your lack of beard clint hangs up <laughs> Don't call here again, telemarketer. <laughs> anyway, um, Frank says that the story is so so big, so impactful, so out of this world, and needed Gary and Frank to say it. So Gary says it has magic, and Frank says it has mayhem. So I guess that's kind of their theme, right? Mayhem. Magic and mayhem. That fits. Yeah. Mayhem. What's what's another stories Frank said without Doctor Vink though? Don't ask me to do that. That makes it. That makes my head spin every time I try to think of who told what. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, like, I know he's told great stories. I just can't decipher which one's which at the moment. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um. Oh, the full moon. The werewolf one. Yeah. That was more wholesome than anything. That wasn't even bad. Yeah, it was chaotic. I guess that yeah. you can count that as mayhem. <laughs> but it's a power. It's about an evil power so strong, and Gary says that it survived for centuries, waiting to rise up and spread its terror. Everybody's exciting. Tucker's like, "What the fuck are you guys waiting for? Why do you guys keep talking about it? Tell the damn story." And Gary's like, yo, you got to watch that language. But yes, 
And like Frank is like, just say the word, Gary. Just <laughs> say the word. Just say the word. Close your eyes. You won't even know what happened. <laughs> what? So just like Eric. So mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking. Who is sitting down on the storyteller's chair? Well, right. The storyteller's chair has two armrests, and they both sit on on one each. I'm willing to bet that there was no armrest there, and they just put it in this episode. <laughs> I'm not gonna go double check, but I'm I'm willing to bet that. So, um, Frank grabs the dust pouch and gives it to Gary to do it, throw it in the fire, which he does. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. They both call their story the tale of Cutter's treasure, and we begin. Hmm. So, we immediately are thrusted into a flashback. The story doesn't take place, as they said. doesn't take place in the present time. It goes centuries ago. I would love to hear your exact date on this. Me too. So, centuries ago, (laughs) (laughs) um, we have a pirate. 1700? 1800? What is it? AD or BC. I don't know. It's definitely AD. <laughs> so, so we have a pirate named Ian Keegan. And he is going, looks like, to assassinate his captain, Jonas Cutter. And he sneaks in to the underground crypt holding a dagger and he's going to use it to avenge the souls of all the innocent people that Jonas Cutter has killed to obtain his treasure when he when he turns the treasure around sorry when he turns the chair around to attack Jonas Cutter we see a skeleton and and That's Cap- right. It's One-Eyed Willie from the Goonies. That's <laughs> what he finds in the chair. Same set. <laughs> they didn't change anything. So he sees a skeleton in, in a captain's clothes, and he freaks out to the point where he falls down and drops his dagger. We see Captain Cutter. He comes in, and he's laughing at him. Ian is... Is scared. He's he's shaking, and he tells him he has to stop. Too many innocent people have been killed for all the treasure he has stolen. But Captain Jonas Cutter says that he enjoys harming other people. He enjoys slicing people in two, especially traitors like Ian Keegan. And while all this trash talk is going on, we see a little boy. Sneak in, grab the dagger, and sneak out. But Captain Jonas Cutter says he has vowed to guard his beloved treasure for his life and his afterlife. And Ian puts a curse on him. He's like, because of your greedy soul, all the treasure you have... um, 
all your treasure will never make you happy. Cutter pulls out a a machete or a cutlass and tells him, um, your death may be a bloody one. Ian just braces himself as Captain Jonas Cutter lunges in to what we suspect and Ian Keegan's life. But as dark as they could make it. <laughs> as as gruesome as they could make it. They left it up to your imagination, which in my mind, he slid his throat. Yeah. I think he just like choked Straight him. Straight up murdered him. <laughs> just choked him. He just wrapped the <laughs> he wrapped his arm around his neck while he's holding the machete. He's like, oh, you yeah, thought I was going to cut you, right? Nah. Wild card. <laughs> Never do what you want. I'm a pirate. R. R. So, the, so while that's, while a completely gruesome murder takes place off screen, we got sh- shot forward in time into what appears to be the 90s. How much forward in time? How many years do you think? Like uh, a couple centuries. Couple centuries, okay. Yes. That's gonna make sense later. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so. so. So a couple centuries later, we see a boy in a precarious position, just like the old pirate who met his demise earlier, the old trader Keegan. <laughs> he's on the floor and he's screaming ah, and it's revealed to show two incredibly 90s kids playing outside with foam swords and they're playing pirate. And these kids look like they're dressed like they just finished shooting the commercial for like Super Soakers or like any other 90s product. They they are so 90s, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I actually want people to study this. So when they finally start making those retro 90s shows that are set in the 90s, just like Stranger Things, but like in the 90s, they can use this as a reference because this is how all the people should dress. So they're playing sword fights and it's getting real cute. And they pause because they see this other boy, presumably the older brother of one of them, talking to this girl and he's spitting game. All right. He's trying to get official. All right. He's trying to exchange promise rings. They are trying He's like pulling out all the stops to make this, I want to say like Facebook official or whatever, but that's still not old enough for this time period. What do, what do people say back then? Going steady? Yes. Yeah, so he wants like to 80s. go steady. Yeah, it's 80s. They're dating. They're dating. Yeah. So he wants to give her his Letterman jacket, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. His jean jacket because it's the 90s. So he goes in for a hand touch. Ooh. It's it's a weird hand touch because it's not like, you know, lock laced fingers or He's getting that. there. He's inching he, he, closer. Like it's 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 pinky on p- pinky action. No. See, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. He did not do that. He like he like grabs the back of her hand mm-hmm. and like picks it up. Oh. Alright, this is a man who's never held hands with anyone his whole life. He's just, I don't know what he's planning to do here, but it's working because she's into it. She's like, ooh, you grabbed the backhand. What a move. Skin on skin. Mm -hmm. This is romantic. 
And they do this like embrace, you know, when you like hold somebody's hand in a weird it's it's a weird way to hold a hand. It it looks like a bro hand. You know Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in that movie with uh what is it, Predator, when he sees the other guy and he's like, Dylan, you son of a bitch. And they <laughs> grasp hands. That's the form that's the only way I could think to make people understand. It's like that's how they're holding hands. I think the term is clasping. You clasp they're clasping hands yes. like warriors meeting on the battlefield. Or just like the meme I just told you. Everyone <laughs> got it. Everyone got it. Dylan, you son of a bitch. And then they grab hands. That's what they're doing. And for some reason that handshake works and they're about to make out. But the little brother, being a little brother, you know how little brothers are, right, Tucker? Wink, wink by Gary to the entire campfire and Frank, who's just nodding his head. He has to ruin the occasion. So he turns on a nearby sprinkler that's somehow positioned right at the couple at that and point, ruins their big kiss. At that hmm? point, it's their fault, right? Because they sat there. They did, I guess. They should have noticed. There's this, they had the whole like 18 acres of pure green lawn. And they chose the sprinkler to and put their right blanket a, down. They're right by a lake. <laughs> like they were right they by. Could a... have found... They could have found a more secluded place. Yeah, it's not their fault. This dude, this mm. kid, is just loves to terrorize. He loves to be the little brother. He loves to terrorize, and they turn it on, and the girl gets mortified. She's like, oh, this is lame. I got to go. Because she got spurred with water and she's embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And what is it? And of course, Rush got sprinkled with water too and he gets angry. He's the brother. Yes, Mm -hmm. the older brother. And he he chases off Max, the little brother. Yeah, and his friend. Tony. Yeah, Tony, who we never see again. Mac, I think Rush like killed him. Yeah, he got him. <laughs> he got him out off screen, and he's like, Look, "I would totally do the same to you, Max, if Mom wouldn't get so mad." So they're being chased, but um, they're they see their parents packing up um their van because looks like it's um. Looks like they're going on a trip. So Rush tells Max that he's going to save the pounding for later. And they walk in. And they're like, hey, we're leaving soon. Um, And then they're like, okay. Like both Rush and Max are like, okay, cool. We love you. Have fun. We'll see you soon. And they're like, oh, uh, here's the check for Mrs. Gregory. And Rush and Max both look at each other in disappointment. Rush says that he can take care of Max. They don't need a babysitter. And Max like kind of whispers to the side. He's like, Mrs. Gregory always smells like fish. <laughs> and so uh, Rush and Max's dad was like, oh, you're old enough to take care of Max, huh? You're not going to give him that pounding that you promised him for later. And Rush kind of puts his foot in his mouth. He got caught. So they leave. The dad's like, what happened to Tony? Huh, Rush? (laughs) Huh? Yeah, we're going to need a babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) We never do see Tony ever again. But um, Alive. 
Russia mask. We see his skeleton later <laughs> in a chair. Oh, that's a cool prop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. Prop. Right. Says Rush. <laughs> so, uh, Russia Max decide to put their differences aside. They're gonna team up, and they're gonna. They're gonna, dupe, Mrs. Gregory. They're gonna trick her. This is some Dennis the Menace level shit that they pull off here. So we see this poor old lady walk up to the front of the house and Rush throws his voice to make it sound like he's his father and tells him, hey, uh, the kids are out of town. I mean, sorry, the kids are sick. Uh, We're not going out of town anymore because we're going to take care of them. But thank you for stopping by. And then she's like, well, uh, if they're sick and you're taking care of them, I can help so, uh, so you don't have to bear the whole burden, which is nice. Nice of this woman. But Max puts his arm out through the, the mail slot on the door, holding an envelope and telling them, like, here's your money. Thank you for coming. You're going to be paid. And Mrs. Gregory freaks out because... They put a bunch of dots with a marker on Max's hand, and it looks like he has like the measles or something. So they, she freaks out. She grabs her money. She disinfects it, puts on her mask, and puts on a whole bunch of hand sanitizer and runs away. Mm-hmm. She going home right now to take a COVID test. <laughs> so they're excited. Russian Max. This was a genius plan. I just have to say, that was a genius plan. <laughs> it's classic. It, it couldn't have worked out better. It's classic. And Russia. I don't know who's going to make them food. I don't know if Russia's going to be like, hey, I'm going to go make you some dinner. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> they got frozen pizza. They, uh, they, they, they could probably Mac. come up with another plan. Who knows? Maybe they can pull off mac and cheese, and that's about it. Yeah. That's like a weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I um, thought maybe if they didn't give her all the money. And somehow got rid of her. They would have just used that to buy pizza or something. That seems like one of those '90s movies where the kids take over the house. <laughs> There's one of those out there. I don't remember the name of it. It's like this kid's parents are getting divorced in this '90s movie, and he doesn't like it, so he locks them in the basement until they resolve their differences. And then all the bullies and other popular kids at school figure out what he did, and they somehow got all the other parents stuck in that basement and locked them in there with each other and then the kids just kind of run the house that, that it was a weird 90s movie that's very specific <laughs> yeah sorry tangents that's how they work <laughs> so um max and rush are excited they pulled it off and max is like all right what are we gonna do first but rush movie's called house arrest sorry <laughs> house arrest <laughs> yeah 1996 Okay, 1996. I was I, I felt like it was an 80s movie that you saw in the 90s. It's nice. Anyway, Max and Rush, they're excited. Max like, what are we going to do first? And Rush, remembering earlier, was like, we? The fuck you mean we? You can do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm gonna get me some more of that hand-on-hand action. Maybe, maybe I'll even get a kiss. 
but you just don't bother me <laughs> and so max is like no i want to do something okay um i'll call up mom and dad and i'll tell them what happened he's like fine but you have to keep quiet and you can't bug me all weekend what do you want and he shows him an advertisement for Shandu's magic kit. Shandu. We've seen Shandu before. Yes, we have. Shandu can do. And that is the tale of the magician's assistant. You think I would have remembered that? So. Who told that one? Gary. I thought so course so they're there so they have so he wants shandu Kandu's magic kit and there's only one spot they can get it from was it like the magic magic mansion, mansion. yes it's like the haunted mansion but with magic <laughs> so they go mm-hmm. and it's a store a store with magical items and who can that be that's right. That's right. It's being run by Zebo himself. <laughs> oh, kids! And then that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be scary? Yes, it would. You're just blowing smoke rings at him. <laughs> so much fun in the shop when you're laughing in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's Mr. Sado. No Mr. Accent on the O. He's there. He's making potions like he's in harry potter yes (laughs) and he's asking rush do you want a popularity potion i can get you a popularity potion rush is like no i don't need it i'm pretty doing fine for myself i have you know i grabbed the back of a girl's hand earlier (laughs) and so he's about to go home sado's trying to like convince him to stay Buy something, do something, and and Rush is like, nah, I uh, I'm good, I got the magic kit, I'm fine, but something piques his interest. It's a challenge. Open this box, and you'll get whatever is inside. And he's look, he looks at it, and he's like, what's that? And Sardo rolls his eyes. And he's like, there's some stupid challenge that somebody had me do. If any, if it, if anybody opens it, I get 5,000 dolls. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a collector. <laughs> this is one of the first confirmations. That. At least Sardo, accent on the O. Is an American. Because <laughs> he did not say, you know, Canadian money. He said dollars. Unless Canadians also say dollars. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. Because I don't know either. Because I'm not from Canada. Are you from Canada? I don't know. We'll never know. They say Canucks. <laughs> so, um, Rush gives it his, the old college try, and he 
without any effort, ends up opening the chest. And just like that, he made five thousand dollars. Sardo's freaking happy. He get he gets his money, but um, Rush gets to keep whatever's inside, and Rush finds an old key, an old dagger, and a spyglass. Um, but Rush is just mad. He takes the spyglass, looks through it, just sees that like it shows a graveyard at night, even though it's the middle of the day. And he's just like, whatever, I'll just take this. I'm good. I don't need anything else. And he leaves. So we cut to Rush and Sandy. There's the mood is up. Um, he tells Max not to bother him, and he can play with the broken spyglass, and he can play with the magic kit, whatever he has to to not bother him, because him and Sandy are going to be alone with no parents, which Sandy knows, by the way, and she came anyway. She is all right with that. Yes. She is down to clown. You She's really going to hold all the hands. <laughs> Maybe got a little Eskimo kiss going on. Hey, you <laughs> calm down now. Nobody's going steady yet. <laughs> so uh, that tells a lot about Rush's character, in my opinion. She trusts him. <laughs> she's, not, she's not doing Eskimo kisses until she sees a promise ring. Sorry, enough making fun of these awkward teenagers. No, just reminded of uh, South Park with the uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not happening here. Bye bye. No. <laughs> so, She's um, too good for that. Mm-hmm. So they're while they're hanging out and awkwardly trying to break the tension and just jump into right right into kissing oh i want to mention just his wardrobe before this he had you know the quintessential 90s shirt on Mm -hmm. he had an over large dress shirt Mm -hmm. that was not buttoned up it was just open Mm -hmm. and it hung down almost like it's a coat or a trench coat and the sleeves were rolled up iconic look he has a sean hunter hair he's got everything you need to be a handsome 90s boy on this little date, he felt compelled to button up an orange dress shirt and tuck it in, which is not his style <laughs> for the date. And I just thought that was really cute. I fun. love, I remember the 90s that like you just got clothes that they knew you're going to fit into. Yeah. So they're just like, you'll grow into it. Yeah. So if it didn't fit, it'll just be patient. You'll get there. <laughs> it's going to fit. You better grow. <laughs> so. While all this is going on, Max is looking through the spyglass. Um, he sees the graveyard. Um, and he hears a whistling sound. The floor starts to shake lightly, and the spyglass starts rolling. Max looks at it 
and it starts spinning around like a propeller. Um, Max starts getting freaked out and tells Rush that the, that the spyglass is acting weird and it's moving by itself. Um, Rush is angry because him and Sandy were about to, cri- to kiss and he thinks that Max is being annoying because he's always like this. And I think earlier he had already interrupted and almost kissed. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing that like all all episode. So probably his whole life. <laughs> and Sandy's telling him that he's um uh just you know standing up for Max to like, give him a break. He's just a kid, and Rush is like, ugh, he's like more like a worm. So Max goes. Max goes back, closes his window. That's open, <laughs> and. The closet door slams shut. He slowly walks to the closet door, opens it, but there's nothing. So he's good. And then he sees Rush, and that freaks him out. (laughs) He's like, um, like, Rush is like, relax. Okay, I'm just trying to get some CDs. (laughs) He's like, okay. And (laughs) compact discs, everybody. They used to hold music on them. Just throwing it out. They're like records, because everyone knows what those are, because they're vintage. <laughs> when are CDs going to be vintage? They're, they are. No, but like, there's no CD stores anymore. There's record stores. Those are coming back. Because yeah, it's retro. Wait, that's what I'm saying. When is CDs going to be retro? I don't think so, because people love the vinyl sound. Um but they don't love the no. scratched up CD skipping the song sound. <laughs> nope. Fair enough. I don't know, like vinyls, yeah. like press vinyls. It's supposed to give out a better sound than whatever CDs. The CDs were convenient because it was portable, and then they just kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. I am. Nowhere near an expert on music, so I will just pretend that that's true. I don't know if it's true, but well, it was supposed to go in the direction. You remember the? You ever had a PSP? Yeah, because I'm. You know what? I had a Vita. All right, oh, I'm, I'm a good person. So you know those like how those this the CDs PSP. were like mm-hmm. super small, like mini CDs. Yeah, I remember those for the GameCube too. Yeah, like that was the direction everybody thought it was gonna go, and then I, uh, <laughs> Apple is just like, no, here's an iPod figure that oh, shit, shit out and they're like oh. how did they do this <laughs> you see this box i want all my music in this box you guys figure it out all of it <laughs> so it used to be hard to put songs in there yeah it was like damn run out of space like now you just i don't even have to download them except every song ever and i was like if you like it made you feel that like if you download a music and you put it into the iPod, it'd just be like, "Oh, this is track one." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, this this is like, this is Limbiscuit rolling. Like, come on, he's like, "No, it's track track one, bro." <laughs> I'm not putting a name. How we know what you did? <laughs> so, <laughs> in the in the '90s, there's like, you'd hear a song you like, mm-hmm. but 
and I would hear songs I like, and I would listen to the song over and over, but I wouldn't know how or like think to go to a music store to ever discover anything else about the band that made it. I'm just like, that's the only song they've ever made in my head, and I'll just listen to that only. <laughs> that's funny. I... Every song's a one-hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? I mean, and I didn't have the internet. So, I mean, not a good one. Hmm? And then, like, then they made it like because so you buy the music individually. <laughs> yeah, like ninety-nine cents. You could buy the whole album for like twelve bucks, or you just pay ninety-nine cents for each song. Or you could pirate it, and then that led to a huge <laughs> issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're like, oh crap! People could do this. <laughs> well, you know, some people were honest and bought all their music. Somebody's flexing. And that somebody's me. I always follow the law. <laughs> me too. So, uh, And that brings us to our next sponsor, VPN. Don't let the pesky law get in the way. Get ExpressVPN. <laughs> they did not sponsor this video. They did not sponsor us. And Jumby just gave that away for free. Yep. Actually, you know Go what? Go get I... NordVPN. Have a competition going. So you know what? You know what I did? So... What? In high school, senior year, we had um, Pirate Day. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to dress up like pirate-ish. Like Captain right. Cutter. So, yeah. So, like, I... Uh, so, our school had a uniform. So, it was high school. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how do I get away with this? So, what I did is I, I wore regular-ass jeans, a regular-ass polo, and I put a t-shirt over it that said... And I wrote, I download free music. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> yes. That made me say that's funny out loud. That meant, that's how I know it's funny. And I that's like it. how I did Pirate Day. And I remember getting into I arguments. bet you were the most <laughs> Yeah, I bet you were the most popular kid in school ever. Like you heard what he did. <laughs> was it like one of my friends was uh, like dude, no one's going to get that. What do you mean? <laughs> everyone's going to get it. And then I was like, "All right. You tell everybody about my shirt." I will tell everybody about my shirt and we'll, we'll circle back. And then I remember at the end of the, the, the day, I'm like, okay, so how many people got this shirt? And he's like, okay, they got it. <laughs> it was funny. I'm just, whatever. It's a good idea. <laughs> I think it was clever. Yeah. It, it was just like, I literally woke up and I'm like, oh shit, it's pirate day. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. You got some, some glares from your teachers who were like, nah, everybody knows like some, some like people showed up but like, one piece t-shirts and the jeans and that was their thing i guess that's true i knew a dude who dressed up as luffy and it was one of those days like one piece had just come around yeah so i think i I know the same person (laughs) definitely (laughs) is um, showing our age but yeah some dude dressed up as luffy and i I was just like i don't think people will get that one piece is too new and everybody in the school there's not a lot of people into anime as much as it is now says the guy with like i pirate music shirt he's like that's dumb <laughs> right, right no one's exactly, gonna get that exactly. joke <laughs> like like that's how i felt when i said that too <laughs> but it's all good nobody cared <laughs> Right. Everyone secretly admired you and thought you were funny. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I got a lot of compliments that day. 
and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you sold a lot of t-shirts because I'm sure everyone went out and bought that t-shirt. It was literally a white shirt that I wrote in <laughs> erase board marker. Not not well, not a sharpie. You... Missed out on thousands. If you could have manufactured that shirt, and everyone would have bought it. <laughs> like it would have to be that day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I know Jumpy's trying to get me into tangents, <laughs> even though he had no, <laughs> I had no control of that. <laughs> no control of this, <laughs> unless I inceptioned you, which Probably. I could have. I uh, I believe it, but yeah. So he came to borrow a CD. <laughs> Because he's trying right, to set he the mood. Right, he did do that. Yeah, and he did. <laughs> Rush. He's like, I'm try. I try to get Sandy in the mood. So, <laughs> um, so they borrowed. So he gets some CDs. He goes back downstairs, and it works because they start to kiss. We don't see it. It like the 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 cameras goes up to to Max's room as they get closer and closer to kissing. Eskimo kisses. Mm-hmm. Not yet, but. In Max's room, the spyglass. To the Eskimo kisses. <laughs> you kiss first, and then you Eskimo kiss. That's that's the. It's more intimate. Yes, yes. You don't just do it right off the bat. That's too, yeah. too much. Sorry, not as experienced as you, Rip. <laughs> My God, that's such a <laughs> lie. <laughs> I'm all about the Eskimo kisses. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> so, it's like a PG drama, like telenovela. So, back in Max's room, the spy gla- the spy glass blows off the table, rolls onto the floor, and goes near his bed. That's not a good sign, because everybody in any horror movie has. A bedstand, which means there's stuff underneath the bed. And he walks over, bends down to pick it up, and we see a skeleton hand grab Max and laugh. We hear a sinister laugh in the background. Max screams, um, pull, oh yeah, those, it was a glove that grabs him. So he pulls off the glove, and then we see the skeleton hand. And, um, Max is f- freaking out, um, Rush and Sandy stop kissing. Um, Sandy tells him uh, that he needs to go help his brother and she needs to go home. Rush is like, "No, wait, I'll I'll be back." He runs to Max's room. There's nothing under his bed, and he's just like, "Stop being annoying!" And he runs downstairs, but Sandy's gone. Um. And Max is like, Rush, I think we should call the police. He's like, oh, you think think we should call the police? Well, I think you should shut up. You're being annoying. And I'm done with this. I don't care about your story. I don't care what problems you have. I don't care about you. I hate you. And I wish you'd just go away. And then the brother gets upset. And they both say, I wish you'd never been born at the same time. And then switch bodies. (laughs) Because that's where this scene was going. <laughs> in the hands of another writer. If if Kiki was involved in this story, that's Ooh, where it would have went. Damn. Yeah, you damn, know it. You know damn. it. Kiki loves that real. kind of stuff. I got fucking real. <laughs> Kiki would do that. 
<laughs> she is all about Freaky Friday. <laughs> so Max is rightfully upset, but we just kind of fade into a dream that Rush has. Rush is walking in a foggy cemetery, similar to what we've been seeing through the spyglass. And there's a very pale ghost. <laughs> so, so weird to say. There's a ghost. And he it was a very like, like what's an unpaled ghost look like? <laughs> Just, it's a tan ass ghost. Yeah. A very well tanned <laughs> ghost. A ruby red ghost. Yeah. Blushing cheeks. And it's Ian Keegan. He tells Rush he's the one. And tells him what he wants is not what he desires. And not to be fooled. Rush just doesn't understand what the hell he's talking about. And he's like, hey, what do you mean by that? And then he just fades out. Actually, we've been say- watching so many of these episodes that it's easy to ignore the fact that this was a good fade out. <laughs> yeah, the effects were pretty good. Yeah. Even that this, ghost. Th- this dude looks like a ghost. Yeah. So, so In this graveyard scene, I, I was expecting to see old man Crocker. <laughs> Who was, whose story was Old Man Cochran? Kiki's. Damn it. <laughs> I feel like I just want a Kiki story now. I don't know why. I keep, I keep bringing up her stuff. Because yeah. you got what you wanted out of Gary and Frank. So now you just want more. I just want different pairings. Like they could have done seven more seasons just pairing them up alone, and I would have been invested. Dude. Betty Ann and Sam. That's what I want. It would be iconic. Betty Ann and Frank. Betty Ann and anybody. That's poor Betty Ann. <laughs> Betty Ann and Eric Zombie would have been amazing. Oh my god, a David and Kristen story. That would have been so cute. cute. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Nope. Never gonna get it. She would have dressed David up. Like, David, put it on. He's like, I don't want to wear tight. Like, put it on, <laughs> David. And then they dress up for the occasion. Yeah. But, um,. So Rush wakes up because Vines grabbed him in his dreams. Um, uh, and a skeleton grabs him and tells him he's been waiting for a final battle and asks him if he'll be a match for him. Rush wakes up screaming. It's morning. And he looks through the spyglass again and sees the the same graveyard from his nightmare. So he goes back to Sardo's shop and Sardo's happy to see him. Tells him to grab the the rest of the items, but Rush says no and he wants to return to Spyglass. He puts it down and storms off. Sardo tells him to take everything, but he doesn't listen. And then we just see a random figure in Sardo's shop tell him that the items belong to Rush now. He's just not ready to accept them yet. And But he will when the time comes. And he He's shows... a very familiar voice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he shows Sardo Sado, a big rolled up wad of money and tells him that when Rush comes back, send them over to him. So we're back at the the house. Max is home by himself. He enters his bedroom. 
and the window blows open, air is blowing in, and then Max call, falls into some sort of trance, and he slowly walks outside. On the shore is the spyglass on a tree stump, and there's a person rowing a rowboat towards the shore. We don't see this person's face. Rush comes home, calls for Max. No answer. He gets angry. Looks, goes through Max's room. Um, looks in the closet, but <laughs> on the door, it, this there says uh, there's a note with a dagger that says, "This is no dream. The boy is mine." Rush is like, "What the fuck? Is this another prank?" But he's not taking any chances. He runs out. Um, he sees Max, but Max doesn't answer him. He's just staring at the person rowing the boat. Once the rowboat comes ashore, um, Rush tells out like, "Hey, my dad's coming home soon, so you better turn around and get out of here." But then the person turns around, and it's just a decayed skeleton, and it transforms into a hideous, one-eyed pirate. He laughs. Ah ha ha ha. I know your daddy ain't coming home. <laughs> I come for the boy. I can't believe he went with my father will heal about this and like expect <laughs> the ghost to get scared. <laughs> Rush grabs Max, runs into their home. They're about to call the police, but the pirate appears inside their house. And the front door opens in a flash and there's like a bright light. A huge pirate enters. How would you respond to this? R. <laughs> <laughs> when when I was younger, mm-hmm. my sister would get scared a lot. Oh. We never had a break in or anything, but she'd get scared all the time. And one time she thought someone was downstairs when nobody was there. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of used to it at that point. So I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And she's just like, she'd always have these ways to make it seem scary. So she'd like call our dog and she'd be like, Vicious, come here, Vicious. Like our dog's name is Vicious <laughs> to intimidate them. And our dog is like, you know, a tiny little chihuahua. Like it's <laughs> nothing. It's not going to scare anybody. That's cute. It reminded me of that. His like poor attempt to be like, my dad will be here soon. Don't worry about it. You should get out of here. <laughs> That's cute. Mm-hmm. But like, I never had that. I just locked the shit out of everything. <laughs> Put the alarms on. I bet you had alarms. Yeah. My alarm was a bucket of water above <laughs> the door. <laughs> the, was a Home Alone type shit? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, we get this huge bulking pirate coming through the door. Um, and he's like, you thought you really had a chance against me. And he brings in the other pirate that who he calls him Mr. Noise. And Mr. Noise holds Rush. Um, and he looks at Rush and he's like, all these years and the chosen one is just a young boy. And he starts laughing. And he asks Max to come with them. And Max walks over. And this is revealed. Finally get a clear cut. This is Captain Jonas Cutter. Um, 
and he tells Rush to take a good look at him. It'll be the last time he'll ever see him. And he picks up Max and carries him away, laughing and disappearing when they go out the door. Mr. Noise vanishes as well. Rush freaks out, runs to the shore, and sees that they're already in the, the rowboat. With the captain laughing as they disappear in a dense fog. He's able to put Max in a trance, but he can't do the same to Rush. Because he's the chosen one. Alrighty. <laughs> Rush picks he up. Has, he has the chosen genetic code. <laughs> they're, they're brothers. They should have similar genes. Why can't he be the chosen one? Yeah, but Max is not the chosen one. He's the baby. He didn't get the right combo. Sorry. Yeah. Too much of your mom. And yeah, you. there you go. so rush picks up the spyglass and points it to his house looks through it and he sees the the same cemetery but he sees captain cutter still laughing holding max in the background jeez (laughs) so from there it cuts back to the midnight society there's thunder clouds and sam is like okay what happened next what happened next um and betty ann's like Talk fast. Talk faster, okay? And um, Frank is like, Rush could only think of one thing to do. But before he can continue, it starts raining and thunder is heard again. And it rains heavenly. And Tucker's like, it'll pass. Keep going. But Frank is like, nope, sorry. They put out the fire. Gary says, we'll continue the story next time. And Tucker, for once in his life, was like, oh my god, it was just getting good. But everybody runs off and it just says to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. Damn, there's a lot of <laughs> fuck. <laughs> a lot of trivia mm-hmm. for this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first two parter, I bet, is one of them. I don't really have yeah. it in front of me. Frank puts out the campfire for the first time. Um, but yeah. It's the only episode where no one was added or taken away from the Midnight Society at the beginning of the season. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah. And then we talked about the Shandu Kandu. And um, the person who played Rush also played Dom in the Tale of the Full Moon. Sorry. Played uh, Jed in the Tale of the Full Moon. I don't remember that at all. It's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. That was a big character. I don't remember him at all. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it. That was part one. Now we go into part two. Because we're like that. We won't make you wait a week. Next time. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued immediately. Phantoms of the Silver Green Screen will be right back. Now. Because <laughs> we have no sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We have one. Yay. Anchor. 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 <laughs> anyway. So we're back. Everybody's back around. We don't get any of that. Um, oh, we do. Never mind. <laughs> we get some preamble. You forgot. <laughs> There's a whole Midnight Society meeting. Everyone's back. Everyone's like, what please tell there? us a story. And I want to know about this, that, and what. And then Frank's like, let's recap everything. So he does. We don't need to do that. But Frank no, grabs the... just it. The... The midnight does throws it into the. Oh wait, but fire. but part of the recap, they show some scenes and and they show the awkward 
um, hand clasp oh. kiss thing <laughs> again and just made me laugh. I don't it's know why. Cool. That's like not the money shot. Why do you guys put that? That's embarrassing. <laughs> so, so after the recap, Frank grabs a full um, handful of midnight dust, throws it into the midnight fire, and mm-hmm. they both say again, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, the tale of the Cutter's Treasure Part 2. And that's it. So, we're back. Rush can't get hold of his parents. And he stormed over to Sado's magic mansion. Sado's annoyed that someone is trying to get into their store so late at night. But then he sees that it's Rush. And he's like, oh, awesome. Yes. He comes in and Rush is furious. He demands Sado take the spyglass back. Because it's making ghosts appear in his house. And he tells... um. Sadro, they're not illusions because they kidnapped my little brother. And I will call the police if you don't help him and give him the right answers. Um, and Sado's just like, I don't think the police will believe you more any more than I do. And Rush is like, yeah, you're right, because I did. And I, they didn't believe me. <laughs> so he really, he gave away his hand really quick. And then Sado's like, all right, level with me here. What's going on? So, he tells him everything. So, we got another recap. And Sado tells him, look, I don't know any more than you do. I'm not the one who designed all this or put it all together. But the man that does know told me to tell you that this is where you can find him. And it's a business card for the wild boar... Kaufor, Kaufor, Kaufor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. So, but it's a barber shop in like the sketchiest part of the town. Chauffeur? <laughs> nah. It's Coffer? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the word in front of me, so I'm just guessing C words. <laughs> so Rush, Rush goes over to the barber shop in the sketchiest part of the neighborhood, where like you, two people are clearly like doing meth. In the back. Not just two people. We're introduced <laughs> <laughs> to the cook himself. So... <laughs> he's a cook. What? He worked at a restaurant last time I saw him. <laughs> well, what do you sh- think I meant? So they um So he goes inside and guess who it is? It's Dr. Vink. I can't believe the ultimate crossover has happened. Sardu and Dr. Vink in the same episode. I know we saw a preview of it before, but that's awesome. What is this? A crossover episode? Yes. It is. Yes. And And now that I know they can do that, I'm mad that they don't do it more often. (laughs) Now, Dr. Vink. Where's Bo Stick? Now that we see Dr. Vink, right, he is running this barbershop. And I feel like there's a story there. Like somebody just got screwed over from a barbershop because it's like the mystical chair. Or like he cut his hair and some bullshit well, he, happens. He's he's trying to do the same thing he probably did to some poor unsuspecting victim. 
but this kid's not having it. Rush is like, no, man, just help me out. I don't want any haircut. I don't want any special handsome tonic or whatever it is you're trying to push on me. Help <laughs> me get tonic. my brother back. <laughs> and Dr. Frank's like, oh, yeah, I know about that. I can help you if you can understand one thing. I'm not a nutbag. And then Rush is like, I never said you were. <laughs> so Dr. Vink tells him that the man who kidnapped Max is a ruthless, vicious, bloodthirsty pirate named Captain Jonas Cutter. Who adopted the last name Cutter because he loved blades. Because they cut through flesh. It's pretty hardcore, right? <laughs> For a kid's show, TVY7. They had to bet that kids didn't know what the term flesh, flesh meant. Yeah. It's like like the inside of a mango, right? Yeah. So From the Caribbean. <laughs> according to history, he hid his treasure in a secret underground vault that still hasn't been found yet. Um Dr. Vink shows Rush a portrait of Captain Cutter from a history book and Rush is like, Yes. That's him. We need to call the police. And Dr. Vink is like, all right, look, dude, you already went to the police. They didn't work out. It's still not going to work out because this dude, this is a history book. This dude died 200 years ago. He's from the 1700s. There you go, Jumpy. <laughs> they say a real date? Yeah, he's 200 years ago. About 200. Won't make sense later. <laughs> So now Rush feels defeated. He doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Vink assures him that the the old wooden chest contains items. They've once belonged to one man who tried to defeat Captain Cutter, but he died. Before he died, he vowed that one day a champion would come along. Um, Rush notices that that's the same chest from, the, from Sado's shop. Um... And Dr. Frank's like, yeah, I know. I left it there, there hoping to find the champion who would open it and be ready to do battle with Captain James Cutter. Inside inside has the spyglass, the key, and the dagger, which are blessed and imbued by the spirits of the Cutter's innocent victims. Rush tempted to call him a nutbag but realizes he can't really talk shit because of everything that happened so far, asks him, uh, why me? Why am I the chosen one? And then he's like, okay, tell me your full name. Well, Rush says, I'm Russell Ian Keegan. And then <laughs> Dr. Vic flips the treasure chest to, to reveal that a carving that says Ian Keegan on the bottle. And then he's like, yeah, you're, <laughs> they say that's Russia's grandfather, but it's his like great grandfather from, they say it's his grandfather, his <laughs> dad's pappy from the 1700s. <laughs> there is a side story here about time travel and telephone boxes that Gary's just itching to say. And Frank with the barbershop tonic. Frank made him cut it out. <laughs> They had to cut that out to the barbershop store. <laughs> oh, yeah, Frank had this mayhem barbershop, barbershop story that he's going to have to save for later. 
Gary had this Whovian ripoff, and <laughs> they're both just like, we're not doing it. Yeah. Too much time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he's the chosen one because he's um the descendant of this of this dude. You're the chosen genetic specimen. Everyone else, including your father, was not good enough. <laughs> Even your little brother. It's just you. Especially your little brother. And then. Uh, Rush is like, I'm just a kid. I can't do this. And Dr. Vink is like, yeah, you're right. You're just a kid. You, uh... Um... <laughs> it's not like you should face the responsibility of taking the care of the brother you hate, right? Uh, and Rush is like, no. I love my brother, and I just I want him back. And he's like, then accept your destiny. Like he gets in his face and shit. <laughs> accept your destiny. And then he Rush revealed is... his trap card. <laughs> Rush is like, all right, fine, fine. And then, like, in the blink of the eye, they're at the cemetery. Oh. He he grabs. Well, before he goes, he grabs, accepts his destiny by grabbing the knife <laughs> from the chest and shows it to the camera. And then he's like, showing it so much where. The whole Chekhov's gun thing comes into play. Mm-hmm. You can't just show a weapon like that. Nobody uses it. Yeah. So he's going to be stabbing some folk pretty mm-hmm. soon because he just revealed that knife. <laughs> and they're like back at, they're at the cemetery. I don't know how they got there. But they're there. And, Dr. Um, Vink is literally cosplaying as a homeless man. Like he's just wearing homeless clothes. Like it's yeah. just what he looks like. That and the beard and hair don't help, but that's <laughs> what he looks like. But like, but I know that. he's rich. He has dollar bills all over the place. He has wads of money he's just throwing away. But you saw like the alley he was working out of. If he was if Yeah, he's... but I also saw his five star restaurant. <laughs> but like you know for sure if he dressed to the nines, he gets stabbed. <laughs> Strategic. I imagine someone trying to attack Dr. Vink. It would be hilarious. He'd take <laughs> them out so fast. That's He'd be like, wanna hear a riddle? And then destroy them. Yeah. So that's true. So yeah, they're there. They're at the cemetery. Um, they have everything they need. And when the time comes, Rush has to do what he has to do. And as soon as Rush goes to the grave or to the, the crypt, the ghost of Ian Cregan shows up. Um, he shows him the path to the crypt and then tell him he has the power to get his brother back. But he says, beware, grandson. <laughs> mm-hmm. What he wants is not what he desires. Don't be followed. Rush still doesn't understand what it means. Asks him again, what are you talking about? And he just fades out. <laughs> He's, like, okay. He's just gone. He's like, say hi to my son. <laughs> Your father. <laughs> or mother. Mm. No father, because his yeah. name's Ian Keegan. This kid's name. She could have kept her last name. In fact, he I guess could have took it. It is the nineties. Nineties <laughs> were like that. <laughs> so, Rush you go- know, Rush goes in to the crypt, and of course, he hears the um the laughs of Mister Noise and 
uh, Captain Jonas. No, Captain, uh, Captain Cutter. Cutter. Yeah. And a skeleton welcomes him. Welcome, Skipper. Ah ha ha. Rush falls through a floorboard and it's in the basement. And Captain Jonas Cutter is just laughing, taunting him, talking shit. Oh, that's what you're wearing to come face me? <laughs> you think you're a man? Yeah. You're a big man? That stupid, ugly sweater. <laughs> you can't even kiss a girl. You think you can fight me? Come on now. Mm-hmm. You want to hold hands? Or rather, the back of mine? I'll show you the back of my hand, kid. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I felt that one. It's getting spicier around yeah. here. <laughs> so, um, so he's running through the this cave which is pretty much a maze with traps he steps the wrong way it's a typical skyrim cave yeah (laughs) with traps and skeletons all over the place i'm I'm half expecting him to run into a word of power on the wall yeah or like there's even like the spiky walls that they have in skyrim like they're everywhere he like he steps on a crack and it a, a spike track happens um he does a dodge roll he there's a cannon pointer right at him to shoot that shoots a cannonball that he manages to to like what forward roll out the way he like ducks for cover he just planks really quickly and dodges a cannon <laughs> so he finds a max and he grabs him by the hand to, to get him out of there but max doesn't move he turns around again and it's mr noise Oh no! And he pulls out a cutlass, and he's like, "Just doing me job." And then, and then Rush grabs his knife, and this is it, people. <laughs> he is going to use that knife. Goodbye, Mister Noise. He's about to poke out your other eye. And... <laughs> what does he do? In shades of Power Rangers, the dagger emits a red glow. That. <laughs> vaporizes like it's it just it poofs an ms paint like fireball <laughs> at mr noise and he just it, he just goes away he goes to the nether realm yes. that's that's what the knife does yes. and, and rush is like cool i didn't have to do anything <laughs> i just had to lay there <laughs> who knew knives worked that way i wish <laughs> so rush point point knives at your peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just <laughs> obliterated so rush enters the treasure room it's full of treasure (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that you guys can really paint a picture now (laughs) it's full of necklaces and jewels and chalices goblets giant bird cages bird cages hey max is in there (laughs) yep max is in a giant bird cage max says he's like Max, is that you? And Max, is like, yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> no, like, it's not me. It's the other guy. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry for everything I said. I don't hate you. I love you. And they hug. And then he's like, um, the cage is tied up in a rope. And Max is there trying to untie the knot so he can open the cage. God forbid he uses the damn <laughs> knife for anything. God, he's wish- not. I wish I could untie these sailors' knots. God, I wish, wish I had, I had a something. Knife. Wish I had something sharp to cut these ropes. Too bad I only have this ghost obliterator. <laughs> and that's when Captain Jonas Cutter comes out, and he's like, "Oh, so touchy. I could just die." 
And he points at his old skeleton. And he's like, oh, I'm already dead. And Captain Cutter's like, all right, I'm ready. I've been training for millennia, well, centuries. What about you? How you been? Have you been training? <laughs> and he's like, dude, Rush is like, look, I don't want any trouble. I don't know why this is happening. I just want my brother. I'm good. Let's just go. Let's just, you could do whatever the fuck you want. Just let us go home and leave us alone. Um, and Captain Cutter's like, really? This is the guy who opened the chest? Like, this is the guy who's supposed to beat me? You defeated Mr. Noise. You break into my treasure room. And you think you just walk on out of here? <laughs> no. You came here looking for trouble. And you're going to get trouble. Hard to argue that. Even yeah. though he's the one who kidnapped his brother. <laughs> so he picks up his machete. Starts swinging. Rush... Can't fight like, I'm defenseless. <laughs> I have no weapons, even though I have the perfect ghost-killing machine in my pocket. <laughs> so, C- Captain Cutter picks up a goblin and drinks some rum, and he's like, ah, I missed the enjoyment of fighting. And as it's this... an assumption. Could have been anything in that glass. It was rum. He's a pirate. It was milk. <laughs> For his bones? <laughs> <laughs> yep, because he's a skeleton. <laughs> Doctor Vink sneaks in while all this is happening. Doesn't do shit, but he um uh Rush pulls out the dagger. But like, Remember the damn dagger, you idiot! Captain Jonas kicks it out of his hand. Um, at this point, Max broke out of the cage, and as C- Captain Cutter is about to cut Rush. Who's backed into a corner? Captain Cutter has to talk shit. He's like, "Is this? It was this a grand battle? Was this what everybody's waiting for?" Um, Rush is like, "I don't know what to do in this situation." And Captain Cutter's like, "I'm not gonna help you. Why are you asking for help? <laughs> no, you're dead. You want advice? Are you crazy?" But you know, I had an old crew member just like you, and I <laughs> hated him. So, Max. Stops him from killing his brother. And he's like... Uh, he tells him to leave him alone. Rush immediately runs to Max's side and hides behind him. And... Uh, and Captain Cutter is like, well, what do we have here? A two-for-one special? A bogo? I'm down. <laughs> but Rush takes the, power, uh, the dagger and a blast, an energy blast... Pushing him back into his throne, and a okay. bunch of vines just wrap him up. There is very inconsistent magic going on <laughs> here, and I sense Doctor Vink is the cause. <laughs> and Captain Cutter can't move because the vines are are binding him in place. He doesn't get obliterated like Mister Noise. <laughs> he just gets, you know, tied up by vines. And what that's... does this knife do? What can it do other than cut things? And Dr. Vic is like, yeah, we did it. The three of us. <laughs> we did it together. And Max Finish is, him. Max is like, do it. Who's the fuck is this guy? Uh, and Rush is it's like, okay, I guess I have to fulfill my destiny and kill him. And Captain Cutter is talking shit. <laughs> He's like, you gonna, you gonna kill me? Do you have it in your boy? Come on, do it then. Dr. 
Dr. Vink puts his hand on Rush's shoulder and he's like, do it, must be done. Do it. Kill him now. <laughs> do it. Kill him now. <laughs> do it. And he's just like egging him on. And this seems very twisted for <laughs> Ari for the Dark. <laughs> and the Captain Cutter's like, you should, what you're fearing is shouldn't be killing me. You should be afraid that I'm going to come out because when I come out, I'm just going to take your brother again. And we're going to do this um, this whole dance, this whole song and dance over and over again. And he's about to stab him, but he stops. And he remembers what his grandfather told him. What he wants is not what he desires. Captain Cutter still talks shit, but that's when Rush realizes that he wants him to kill him. And he stops. And he turns his back into on Captain Cutter. He's like, no, you're afraid. You're afraid to die. You've been guarding your beloved treasure for years. But now that the age of piracy is over, <laughs> <laughs> no one has come to look for it anymore. He has no one to guard it from. So when he's released... He purposely kidnapped Max to get Rush to fight him, to kill him. Cutter's like, no, no, that's not correct. And Rush says that the treasure is worthless to him now, but you have no choice to guard it. So he's not going to give it to him. He's done. And Dr. Frank's like, yes, yes, exactly what he said. <laughs> So I was that was part of my plan all along. <laughs> it's actually more messed up than my plan, Rush. <laughs> so, put him out of his misery. Rush doesn't know doesn't know what the next move is, but Dr. Vink tells him that justice for all of the cutter's victims is in his hands and he must use it wisely. Uh he screams at Rush to use it, but Rush breaks the dagger in half over his knee ensuring Easy. that the cutter can never be free. No one can ever use the dagger again. He and breaks Captain it over Cutter's... his knee without cutting his hand because <laughs> that knife does not cut anything. No, it's straight from like the Power Rangers, Red Ranger toys. It, it's made in a knife-shaped way, but it's not sharp at all. <laughs> so Captain Cutter screams. He starts cursing them. And at that point, an earthquake happens starts to happen boulders right. rocks starts crashing down cutter shots at them calling them cowards but starts begging them to come back and not to leave them alone i'm scared you cowards <laughs> so rush and max get out get to the outside but not before we get some uh tease that max not might, might not make it with a fucking ladder that's tied to a rope that's on the brink of snapping while Max is um while Rush is climbing up and as it breaks Rush quickly grabs onto a, another rope that's conveniently to the side of it climbs up and Max brings him out they're back at the cemetery and they see Ian Keegan their he grandfather <laughs> I would have loved that they still had the knife and Rush is like, oh my god, a ghost! And he just <laughs> obliterates him. <laughs> so, or like Max. Like Max, who yeah. never met him. Um, He's like, ah, monster! Like, dude, that was our grandfather. 
throws the knife at him. So, uh, Ian Keegan's ghost tells them that he's proud of them, and they and Rush made the right choice breaking the dagger. So Cutter's ghost would never be freed. He vanishes. Um, possibly finally being laid to rest and Rush looks through the spyglass and they're back home <laughs> so Max is like I don't think anyone's ever going to believe us but then Dr. Vink comes and congratulates Rush for succeeding Rush apologizes that he didn't get the treasure but Dr. Vink was like no boy the adventure was the treasure. I disagree, but here we are. Um, Dr. Vink tells him that he gives, like, he uh, the whole point, like, he loves the thrilling adventure, the stories behind it, but he still gives him gems. Max gets a sapphire, Rush gets a ruby. I'm sure there's meaning in that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's about what Pokemon games are favorite. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Rush is like, "Oh, I guess we didn't come away empty-handed." And Sado comes in, and he's like, "Why the fuck do they get gems? Where's my money? All right, I was where's my five thousand dollars?" Which back then was like a hundred k. Can buy him five houses. And then Doctor Vink er, uh, promises he's gonna give him double. And mm-hmm. Rush and Max head home to discuss what's going to happen. Um, but uh, Sardo like, follows Dr. Vink and, like, touches him, like, oh, maybe we could be friends. And Dr. Vink takes his hands off. He's like, don't touch me. And they are. Mac. And yeah. Rush and Max get home. They're greeted by their parents. And then they're like, you wouldn't believe what we just went through. And then they're like, you wouldn't believe what we just went through. And they were going to tell you the story. And we'll exchange stories. But Max and Rush... They better not. They're going to know what they did about the babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But Max and Rush agreed not to tell them. It'll just be their secret. And we're back to the campfire. Gary and Frank say that Rush and Max never told anyone about their adventure. Not Tony or Sandy or their parents or Mrs. Grayson. But they were afraid... That if they did, somebody else would have gone searching for Cutter's treasure. And if they did find Cutter's treasure, they would have to encounter Cutter's ghost, who would be patiently waiting to have one last battle. And they both say, the end. Everyone loves it. They all high-five. Gary declares the meeting closed, and Frank puts out the campfire. The end. (laughs) That ends. The only two-parter the show will ever do, apparently. Are you ready for this trivia? Yeah. This is Dr. Vink's last appearance. And that's when we stopped the show. <laughs> that's right. We never covered another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? According- it's crazy. <laughs> this episode that scared me the most. is still not popped up yet. I'm, yeah. like, dying to see it. It's coming. But according to DJ Mikkel, they couldn't come up with another story for Dr. Vink and they didn't want to just have him in a random plot. Bold move. Yeah. Saying that we just can't write a story for him. <laughs> He's too good. But like do the barbershop one. That was good. 
do anything. <laughs> do another Zebo story. It's, it writes itself. Clowns are just scary. But yeah, and Captain Jonas Cutter was played by, um, I forgot his name. Uh, Charles S. Dutton, who also was famous for playing, um, Rock, from the hit show, Rock. It was okay. A, it was a '90s show. And About Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It was <laughs> Young Rock. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. It was about a garbage man who could support a, like a two-story house for his family, but um, it was like a real like a. It's a, a clip got circulated around recently. I would say like, mm-hmm. like three years ago, where a pimp comes in to the to Rock's house, and Rock pretty much tells him to get the fuck out of his neighborhood, and the pimp was telling him he's he's not doing anything wrong. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. next door. He's, but he keeps hinting that he will, um, he will bring his like, like people over here, and he's gonna turn his neighborhood into a sketchy ass neighborhood. And Rock is pretty much like, you better get the fuck out. Like, like he pushes him up against the wall, and the pimp is. And he's like, I'll cut your throat, matey. <laughs> and the pimp is just like, go ahead, do it, do it. But yeah, so those are the trivia. Hmm. How'd you like the two-parter overall? It was really good. I like a pirate story. I like the double story, Dr. Vink. So do, I don't know how you're supposed to follow that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard to be, what's your favorite episode for season four? It's like, damn, do I pick <laughs> the one that has Dr. Vink and Sardu? <laughs> I don't know. Because we're, we're going to judge these as one episode, I think. Yeah. And, uh. Oh man. Well we'll see if anything can compete with this one. I actually think something will. Yeah. Which is actually the craziest part. I I, I But this is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's coming. But uh, I thought it was good. I wouldn't change anything except for like maybe the dagger. <laughs> I'd add, yeah, I would I would change some <laughs> of the logistics of the dagger. Make it something that's not a knife if you're not gonna make it cut. Yeah. Make um, it like a medallion or something. Yeah something else piece of pirate treasure <laughs> uh but other than that it was 88 cool. pieces of Aztec gold one of those hmm? the the trance thing it makes sense that he only put max in a trance and not um this dude because he wanted rush to fight him and kill him so it yeah. makes sense that he didn't use all his powers he just wants somebody to come and kill him but yeah. he used rush realized could've, he could just he could have let his grandfather kill him <laughs> <laughs> nah, at that point he wanted to guard the treasure. What was he always? Was he already a ghost at that point? Because he's two hundred years old. I think they they do they they hinted that he was already a ghost, but at that time they knew each other. Yeah. So, but people were going after his treasure, and he was guarding that shit. And he was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna guard my treasure forever. Get into so many battles, cut people up with my cutlass." But gonna be great. Yeah society modernized and he realized that no one's looking for him anymore and he's just there and they decide to punish him for his crimes by keeping his ass there so it was good i like the overall theme i like the idea the cursed pirate before pirates of the caribbean came out. yeah mr noise was cool 
He was cool. Sado and Dr. Vink in the same episode. Awesome. Frank and Gary working together as a team. Them giving everyone a little descriptor, a little characterization was fun. Very helpful for guessing stories. Oh, shit. The guy who played the ghost of Ian Keegan also played their dad. That fits. Yeah. You look just like your father. (laughs) All right. So anything you would change other than the dagger? Uh, I would change the hand-holding scene so that he doesn't grasp the hand that way because it is very awkward. <laughs> yeah, it I guess you gotta. Cringe. I guess you gotta modernize that now. I don't just just make him grab the hand normal. Yeah. Just just do a normal hand touch or hand hold. Yeah. Not that that I don't know even know what to call it anymore. <laughs> cool. All right. So then, are you ready to to guess the next one? Sure. All right, the title of the next episode, which we will guess who says it and what it's going to be about. Title is The Tale of the Renegade Virus. The storyteller I'm predicting is Dr. Fauci. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, that's just this episode is going to hit a little too close to home. Yeah. The renegade virus. <laughs> the tale of the pandemic. Yeah. It's like, damn, this, is there a fortune teller? The, okay. the tale of the unending quarantine. Yep. Um, I don't know. The man. tale of the never ending year 2020. Like, I don't think it could be Gary or Frank. They just told the story. They just, yeah, I wouldn't guess that. They, I mean, that would be messed up if they're like all right everyone you had to listen to us both and again but it's not it's not like they haven't done that before that's true betty betty did it like three times in a row but it's super like you know like like this episode was like a big deal Mm -hmm. the renegade virus so let's let's work with what they just told us right Mm -hmm. um i'll rule out frank and gary because they just went tucker likes adventure stories betty likes disturbing dystopian stories sam likes hero stories and Kiki is a. Uh, what was that one? Uh, shit. Otherworldly <laughs> stuff. Nah. Like yeah, yeah, like people enter another world and have yeah, to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So. And it's true. She has like the alien stories and all this other cool stuff. Yeah. So the renegade virus doesn't sound like a hero story. It doesn't sound much like a other world story. Unless kind of it's does. a zombie story. Yeah, it kind of could does. be a zombie story. It sounds like a modern day story. It doesn't sound like another <laughs> world. But all right, it could be Kiki or it could be Betty, but then the renegade virus isn't like disturbing. Hmm. I, I'll, I'll go with Kiki. What about Tucker? Tucker? No, adventure, adventure story. Adventure, You're right. Yeah. It's, not, it's not adventure. Yeah, let's go Kiki. Yeah. And what's it about? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> It's a virus. <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, I could see people sneezing and, like, transferring the virus and it's turning mm-hmm. people into zombies. That's what I think. And they just won't wear a mask and it just keeps getting worse yeah, exactly. and worse and worse. It's going to be one hell of a story. I could see people sneezing and then, like, people glowing green. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. And they just turn into zombies. Something similar to, like, that one with the school. Yeah. 
Where everybody gets like hypnotized or taken over. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go with that. But then, like, how do they stop it? I don't know. <laughs> Develop a cure. A cure for the renegade virus? They'll do it in a chemistry lab real quick. Like, it's easy. Yeah, it's in high school, so. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, with all that being said, any last words, Jumpy? Arr. Are indeed. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> We're... Good night, everybody. And that concludes another episode of Fans of Solar Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please check out any other content that we may have provided. Please. <laughs> Give us a like, just, subscribe, just do it. and follow. Anything put it on the background. Do homework and put yes. it on the background. Yes. Do, you could do the laundry. You could do homework, studying, driving, on long road trips. Mm-hmm. Just have fun with us because we love you. Mm-hmm. And we always love you. You're our treasure. And we will guard you for the rest of eternity. We will clasp you by the back of the hand to the end of time. Bye.